is the Sooner Schooner Show on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Coming up this week, we will preview OU's upcoming matchup with Iowa State as the Sooners right now sit at 4-0. and As always, we will give you two Cyclones to watch or at least two players to watch because, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Not, not every player in the Big 12 or who OU plays is a Cyclone. Uh, we'll also talk about Jeff Levy and what's going on with the OU offense and, and why I think uh, it would be good for the fans to kind of back off of him. But before we go any further, do me a huge favor. Uh, please give us a five-star rating and write a written review. Then take a screenshot of both of those things, send it into Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and he will send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie. Uh, as I always like to tell you, uh, that five-star rating does help us elevate our content, get it out to more people. And, of course, the written review, uh, which I'm always thankful for, tells us what kind of content you want uh, in a podcast because there's so many freaking podcasts out there that to get a written review, to get a little constructive criticism uh, certainly points me in the in the right direction. Because, yeah, this is, you know, as Pete always told me, doing a podcast, it's different from doing radio, and, and he's not lying. And I got to say, this week... Um, this week is a little weird for me because I'm doing the show from home. I'm home all week. Wife's out of town. I'm taking care of the kids. And I feel like that guy in the town or not the Townsville. Um, what is it? What is the, the doctor? The Dr. Pepper thing. Why am I going? Why am I going blank? Fansville. Yes, there it is. I feel like the guy in, the, in Fansville who's got the podcast. You know, here's hot take. Hot take this. Hot take that. And I also kind of feel like I'm in my mom's basement because I'm doing this from my, my kitchen table. It's where I've done my radio show all week. And that's where I'm doing my podcast. So I feel like I'm under the gun to get this done. All right. I've wasted enough of your time. You don't care about my life. So let's talk about what's going on with OU. And you're 4-0 as you get ready to take on your second conference opponent this week. But more importantly, what we learned on Saturday from OU's win over Cincinnati is if, and Saturday was not this, in fact, but if there is a game in which OU's offense does not play very well at all, if it's having not just trouble scoring, but it's having the it's having issues making first downs, if you run into a tough defense, it's able to get OU off the field, OU's defense is good enough to either win you a game or keep you in it long enough to give you the opportunity to win a game. And we saw that again on Saturday where, you know, or last last Saturday, where Embry Jones had more than several opportunities to get outside the tackles, to get on the edge. And OU did a great job of containing him. You always kind of worry about OU with a, with a running quarterback. Embry Jones didn't do anything. Cincinnati's running game was pretty much non-existent. Now, yeah, they had a couple of big plays. Uh, they were able to make some yards in the passing game, but you held them to six points, and you did such an excellent job in the red zone that going forward and looking at OU's schedule going forward, because Iowa State is not going to be a test. Iowa State's got a good defense. We'll get to them a little bit later, but Iowa State is not going to be the test. You've got Texas, and then after that, it's Kansas and 
Brigham Young, which are the most likely trip-ups for OU this season. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that just because OU gets by Texas, you know, all of a sudden they're going to go on a run and they're going to go undefeated the rest of the year. That Kansas, that Brigham Young game, those do kind of worry me a little bit because after watching Brigham Young beat Arkansas and then watching Kansas turn around and beat Brigham Young and watching both of them be able to not only score points, but particularly in Brigham Young's case, be physical, yeah, I know that OU was in for tough matchups on those games. And like everybody else who's in the media right now, we're all trying not to get ahead of ourselves. That's just the fact of the matter. Anybody who actually covers OU, anyone who is in the media, are just trying not to get ahead of themselves with as good as OU's been, but you feel really good about where they are. And what I am absolutely confident in this week going into the Iowa State game, because Iowa State did not look that good against Oklahoma State. That's not, Iowa State, not a good football team at all. But I'm very confident that that OU will be able to put some pressure on their quarterback. I'm very confident that OU will be fine against their running games and or running game. And I've got a challenge, a challenge for OU this week, and that is this: get a sack. Iowa State has only given up one sack all year long. So whether it's Jared Canick, who's back, and the reason I said him first because he's back, I wanted to mention that Brent Venables said that he is back after getting hit in the chest, and we saw him leaving the ambulance. So whether it's Jared Canick, Danny Stutzman, Trace Ford, whether it's Downs, whether it's Bathroy, don't care. I don't, I don't care who it is. Somebody get a sack on these guys this week. That in and of itself would be a huge victory for OU. So go out and get a sack against an Iowa State offensive line who hadn't given one up at all this year. Defensively, this is a really good ball club. Okay, not an overall good team, but a really good defensive team, if that makes any sense. Okay, and if you think I kind of led you down a, a long road of saying they're not good, I apologize for that. Fact of the matter is, is Iowa State is the 19th ranked defense in the country right now, and they're only giving up 177 yards through the air. And you saw them on Saturday against Oklahoma State. I mean, they did put pressure on Bowman. Uh, I don't know how much of a good judge that is to know just how stout Iowa State is on defense because Oklahoma State has the worst offensive line in the Big 12. And if it's not the worst in the Big 12, it's certainly very close to being the worst offensive line in the Big 12. So I'll give credit for them for getting, you know, for, for, you know, getting pressure on Bowman. I'll give credit to them for having not given up. Let me see. what They have not given up 300 yards in, in the passing game. Okay? They've gone 19 straight games without giving up at least 300 yards in the passing game. By the way, Dylan Gabriel, who took a lot of crap from everybody on uh, with his performance against Cincinnati, Dylan Gabriel threw for over 300 yards in that game, had no interceptions, and one touchdown. Now, now, did he light it up like Aaron Rodgers? God rest his soul. Well, I guess he's not really dead, but God rest his soul. God rest the Jets' soul. Or did he light it up like Tom Brady? No. 
But Dylan Gabriel was good. He was efficient. He did his job. And for the exception of the fumble in the red zone, which obviously took points off the board, and yeah, I think we all can agree that OU should have been up. OU should have had at least 21 points going into the half. Dylan Gabriel's good. The offense was good on Saturday. Just because you only put up 20 points, and we have gotten so used to not just Lincoln Riley's offense, but Jeff Levy running the spread and and his high-flying offense, we now expect OU to score somewhere between 35 and 56 points every game. And that's not always going to happen. Sometimes you're just going to be a little bit more efficient. Okay, and I know a lot of people were complaining about the play calling. I say where, what? Especially if you were looking for adjustments in the second half because they made some adjustments in the blocking scheme that allowed the running game to really open up. So I don't get the criticism of Jeff Levy, nor do I get the criticism of Dylan Gabriel from from the way that they played. And going forward, when you compare them to the rest of the offenses in the Big 12, is Dylan Gabriel the best quarterback in the Big 12? No. You know, you're looking at the kid from Kansas. You're looking at at, at um, well, Keaton Slovis needs to be in the conversation. Keaton Slovis needs to be in the conversation. Easy for be, for best quarterback in the Big 12. Uh, I think you're also looking. At, at, at what's going on at K-State. I mean, those are all four of those guys probably better than Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, but Dylan Gabriel doesn't need to be great to win. He just needs to be good. It's almost like it's almost like Brock Purdy at San Francisco. That's the way you have to think about Dylan Gabriel. Brock Purdy, nowhere close to being the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now. Not even sure, or in the NFL right now. Sorry about that. Brock Party is is not even close to being the best quarterback in the NFL. Is he is he a top ten quarterback? I mean, you're putting him behind guys like Jalen Hurts. You're putting him behind guys like I'd, I'd say right now. I'd even probably have Dak Prescott ahead of him. I know that you might disagree with that. Certainly behind Joe. Uh, certainly behind. Oh God, Pat Mahomes. Is he behind Garoppolo? Ah, we can debate on that since San Francisco got rid of, got, got rid of Garoppolo. Behind Josh Allen. He may even be behind Tua at this point. But it doesn't matter. You've got so many good weapons, so many good weapons around him that he's able to make himself look great. While Dylan Gabriel doesn't have the running game, he doesn't have a Christian McCaffrey, he's got a good enough running game and a bunch of great receivers, okay, or at least a bunch of receivers that are certainly emerging right now to be really freaking good. So Dylan Gabriel can do the job. No, don't ever, don't expect him to be in the Heisman conversation because that's coming out of the Pac-12 this year. No, it's, it's going to be a quarterback out of the Pac-12. Don't think it'll be uh, – I don't think it'll be Caleb Williams. I don't, I don't see Caleb Williams being the guy that, that wins the Heisman. But, yeah, I am fairly safely going to bet that it will be somebody out of the Pac-12. So he's not in the Heisman race. It doesn't matter. Okay, when you've got the receivers that, that Dylan Gabriel has, guys that did such a great job on Saturday, um, you know, and particularly, uh, I think the guy that we're all falling in love with right now is Nick Anderson, uh, which, by the way, I, somehow Nick Anderson only has three catches. One of those happens to be a touchdown. Uh, what, did I, what did I count? I think at you know, one point it was 
it was seven catches, four touchdowns for for Nick Anderson. I think it's what now, like ten catches, you know, four touchdowns for Nick Anderson. That's pretty good. Andrew Anthony, Farouk, Stoops, like all these guys are going to make him look good. And Dylan Gabriel moves around well enough in the pocket. He can extend plays with his legs. He's fine. The play calling is fine. Settle down. We'll talk about running back by committee here in a second because, yeah, that Iowa State defense, tough. Very tough this week. But I do think OU can score on them. And it wouldn't surprise me if OU won this game very similar to the manner in which they beat Cincinnati. You know, if, if you win 20 to 6, you're still 5 and 0 going to Texas. And that's all we want. So, like, the complaining about that part of the game, did I, would I say that it's kind of getting on my nerves? Yeah, because last year was so bad, and we have looked for balance so long for OU, and the defense has gotten better. But I get it. OU fans are never satisfied. And that's one of the reasons why OU is the program that it is, because you can't be a satisfied fan base and continue to, to achieve at a high level. So there's nothing wrong. However you feel about that game Saturday, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on how bad the offensive looked or what the play calling was, because I don't think it was an issue at all. In fact, it wasn't an issue at all on Saturday. You win 20-6, to 6, you're good. Every, everything looks, looks good, but scoring that on Iowa State, who again has gone 19 straight games without giving up 300 yards and, and is only giving up about 177 yards in the past game. OU does have its work cut out for it. I mean, I don't, I don't think these guys. I mean, these guys can't be as talented as what OU faced up front in Cincinnati. And the offensive line did a good job on Cincinnati. I mean, those guys were really, th th those guys are legitimate NFL players. I know, I know you's offensive line did about it did about as good a job as you could have. So yeah, you are. We're all expecting them to be better when when they go and play against Iowa State this coming week. And the running back by committee thing, here's what I kind of read into it. And I know that there are some things that may be contrary to this because you do have you do have Barnes and Sawchuck saying that they're both healthy. Don't you, I mean, don't you have to think that if they were healthy, that they would be playing a lot more? Brent Venables is saying nobody's established themselves, but this is, this goes back to something I talked with Jeff Levy about, which is, okay, so you've got four good running backs. How do you make sure all of these guys get the quality snaps that they need in practice? And as he said, it's hard. It's not easy to do. You don't have enough hours at practice. You don't have enough time to work them, to get them the quality snaps they need. So it does make it hard for one guy to really emerge or two guys to really emerge because you're just not seeing them as often. So then you got to work them in in the game. But if you've given Walker and you've given Major more snaps, then you're going to feel more comfortable putting them in. And these guys are good. They're not great. And who knows? Maybe Sanchez and Barnes aren't as good as we originally thought. But the running back by committee is fine as long as you win. At some point, you would think somebody would establish themselves. And I still think it'll be Gavin Sawchuk. Although Walker, love the way he runs, had some great runs on Saturday. Tough kid. Will run over anyone. Does not avoid contact. And man, it's so great. Because when you can get that kind of guy in the red zone, 
that's the kind of guy that can finish a game for you. That's the kind of guy that can get the tough yards on a second and short or a third and short when you're trying to close out a game. It's also the type of guy that can get you the tough yards in the red zone or, or the goal line to get you a touchdown when you need it. And right now, I do think he's the, he's the best on campus right now. But I'm also saying that because I still think Sawchuck's a little bit more banged up. And maybe that changes this Saturday. But I'll also tell you, Jeff Levy's way more comfortable throwing it around the field. And when he can throw the ball around the field and come out firing, then he's, he's all giddy. And I bet he comes out firing this week against, against Iowa State. So you're looking for a few players to watch this game. I'm actually going to give you three. Um, on the offensive side of the ball for Iowa State, there's a couple of receivers. And these guys fall into the or category. It's either it's either going to be uh, Higgins or it's going to be Daniel Jackson. All right. I think it's uh, – I got to pull this up. I think it's Jaden Higgins is the, is the guy's name for, for Iowa State. Um, uh, here it is. Yeah, boy, this is really good. Planning on the fly. As you can tell, I'm trying <laughs> – I'm down in mom's basement trying to trying to get this done today. Yeah, Jaden Higgins, who's 6'4, he's a junior, 6'4, 210. And then you got Daniel Jackson, um, who was 6'2, 210. Both of these guys can give Woody Washington um, all, all the all the fits that he wants. Um, they can they can also give other OU's other cornerbacks all the all the fits that they want as well. Uh, Gentry Williams being one, and we saw Gentry Williams go up against Cincinnati's receivers on Saturday, and there were a couple of times you could tell he just was not tall enough to make the play, and he found himself out of position. These guys have the height advantage; they could be a bit of a pain in the butt for OU. Um, as for Jackson, um, had six six catches on six targets uh, this past week against Oklahoma State for 151 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Higgins is a guy that plays very well, very well as well. Okay. So I think both of those guys on offense, on defense, I'm going with quarterback TJ Tampa. One, because I just like the name Tampa. Maybe it reminds me of Baker Mayfield, but two, uh, this guy had the game ceiling pick against Oklahoma State on Saturday. So avoid him at all costs if you're Dylan Gabriel. You have to avoid him at all costs if you're Dylan Gabriel. All right, you don't want you don't want the ball to end up in his hands. So those guys are the players to watch for for this Saturday coming up against Iowa State. So when you're listening to this, maybe it's today, maybe you are listening on a Saturday. Those are the three players that I kind of had set out to watch and I would try to look for guys that that maybe not everyone else is talking about. Uh, but those receivers for Iowa State could be a little bit of an issue. OU favored by 20 in this game. I don't see where it's going to be that big of an issue for them to go out and win. Maybe I'm starting to get overconfident. Maybe this team isn't as good as I think it is. But I like where everything is is at at the moment for Oklahoma. Love the way that this team is being more aggressive on defense. Love the way that the offense moves along, especially when they throw the ball. And whether it's running back by committee or not, these guys are good enough to win a lot of ball games in the Big 12. And poor Mark Ingram. I mean, God bless him. I'm so happy that this guy has got himself a job and he's working for Fox and it's a really big job. But when you make the comment, 
comment that after watching OU beat Cincinnati, you still don't know if they can play with the big boys in the Big 12. The question becomes is, who are the big boys? Who are the big boys in the Big 12 this year, Mark Ingram? Seriously, tell me. Uh, because if you don't think OU can hang with Kansas, K-State, Brigham Young, and Texas, then you're just not watching the Big 12 because it's not as deep a conference as you're making it out to be. Who are these? Is it Central Florida? It's not Houston. It's not Oklahoma State. Who are the big boys? Are we really saying Kansas is a big boy in the Big 12? I guess we kind of are. And uh, Kansas played Texas this week. It's a huge game for the Horns. And honestly, when you need a win against Texas, who else are you going to call but the Kansas Jayhawks? Because they always seem to find a way to beat Can- to beat Texas, especially especially if, if somebody's job's on the line. And I think as we know by now, Sark's job is always on the line despite the – despite the start um texas whew, awfully good against baylor this past week i don't think they'll lose to kansas but uh if kansas were to upset them w- wouldn't i mean would you be shocked no you wouldn't be shocked at all <laughs> it'd be it, it, it'd be something that you would actually expect from texas which would be to lose to kansas uh one of these weeks but yeah uh, go look i normally i don't make predictions on this because i'm not a big prediction guy i don't make prediction radio but yeah i think ou wins this one it's another low scoring game i'll say 21 to 10 iowa state gets a touchdown this week it's about all they're good for but ou walks away 21 to 10 with a victory over iowa state and then we move on to texas and uh, get ready to not only watch uh what is the last OU OU Texas game as member of the big as members of the Big 12 unless both those two teams meet in the Big 12 championship uh, but also get ready for one hell of a party which goes on down in Dallas for a good couple of days so if you're going please be safe if you're going to the game this week down in Norman be safe there all right I'm Eric G I am out we will be back next week to preview the Texas game and even tell stories of debauchery from when we were younger and dumber but still had a lot of fun until then snooch to the nooch